Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is indeed the Go Birds podcast, and it is the official, I guess we're going to make this the prediction podcast as uh, the uh, NFL draft is actually going to happen. We're all waiting with bated breath on uh, how Dave Gettleman kind of screws this thing up, at least in the first uh, couple of picks here. I'm excited kind of just for the shit show it's going to be now at this point. I, I think it's it's warmed up to be, I don't know, at least for me, James, it, it, very intriguing of how this is going to work as... Uh, there's more and more uh, GMs piling on and how this thing's not going to work and, and on and on and on. But um, I think I've, I've come around a little bit at least. I think the screw-ups will be highly, highly entertaining, don't you? Well, I mean, regardless of it, it all goes into this being by far the most excited I've ever been for an NFL draft. Nothing's even close. This is like one and everything else is like 10. Like, I am so freaking excited for this draft screw-ups, virtual stuff. I don't care. I just need something normal. And the NFL draft is normal. I can get down with the NFL draft. The NFL draft is something I know, something I love. I'm so ready for it. Honestly, I hope there are screw-ups. I don't know if there will be. I think this is all being way overblown. If these (laughs) NFL teams can't figure out how to use the fucking internet, I'll be shocked. All right? I know there were mistakes, you know, all kinds of issues during the, the test call and all that. They'll figure it out. I'm not even worried about the the technical stuff. I just need the NFL draft. I need it so bad. I can't wait. I'm ready. Uh, Elliot, uh, disaster and we won't care, or they actually pull this off and it's uh, fantastic either way? They'll, they'll pull it off because at the end of the day, the phone lines will work. So if you know there's a technical glitch or whatever, they'll, they'll, they'll make it work. But to me, my biggest takeaway from some of the reports that came out about how the general managers were having issues right off right off the bat at the at the start of this mock draft they did today. It is just that the NFL has made this complicated because they want to air it on TV. I mean, if if the if having the draft at this point of the year was so crucially important, like they would just do it over conference call or something, right? I mean, so I still think this is about TV revenue, and I do think they should have it at this time of the year. You don't want to push it back, but there'll there'll be glitches. But overall, it'll happen. And I agree with James, like. Outside of maybe 2016, just because that's when we knew they were drafting a quarterback, I can't remember a time I went into a draft 
as excited to see what they're going to do and as torn as to what I think they should do. I mean, just because of all the needs, but at the same time, the obvious need they have a receiver and just how many exciting receivers there are. And let's be honest, it's just more exciting when we know they're going to draft a receiver. Like if there needs, if there needs defensive tackle, like we can all talk ourselves into it, but no one's going to watch defensive tackle tape and be like, oh man, look how great this is. Like receivers are fun to watch. Like these guys are going to be catching the ball when training camp starts. So I'm uh, I'm pumped to see what they end up. With. Yeah. And I've noticed that too. And especially like, man, if you do not have a wide receiver in round one in your mock draft, I don't care where it comes from. You're going to get a lot of crap for it. Like that's, I, and I get it. And now we're, we've reached a point where there's even some folks that are just like, you know, this, this draft class isn't as stacked as we all think it is. It's a bunch of number twos. It's not necessarily a bunch of number ones. And then James, like the biggest thing, at least for me, uh, is, is I'm sticking to, I, I agree with mostly what you guys are saying in terms of like the technical aspect and like whatever. Uh, I am, I am, uh, not just for the Eagles, but, I have no idea what's going to happen because they're all telling us we've all got this wrong. So, like, how wrong do you think we have this, James, in terms of public perception? Now we're, like I said, like Henry Ruggs, now with Peter King and Mel Kuyper and, you know, uh, Brooks and, and a couple of others that are, you're starting to see here. So, like, uh, uh, what are you expecting in terms of that? Are you expecting a bunch of just crazy names that we haven't seen uh, go off in the first round here or what? They get it wrong every year. I don't know why this is some big shock that mock drafts are going to be wrong. Every year, these things are wrong. Like, especially wrong, James. Especially I know. Wrong. I, yeah, whatever <laughs> is my point. Like, I think it's just going to be like every year. The mocks are going to be wrong. Certain guys will fall. Certain guys won't. Like, I get it. I do think that there's probably less communication between the people who are doing these things and the people who are making decisions than normal, I suppose. But people are wrong every year. Like, these mocks are always wrong. We're always sitting in Andre Dillard last year. He was like a top 10 pick for, like, everybody. And then all of a sudden, wow, Andre Dillard's there, and the Eagles are trading up to get him. Like, every year this happens. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem that different from any other year. Do I think it's going to be like batshit crazy and people who are mocked in the fifth round are going in the first? No, I don't think that. I think it's going to be somewhat consistent to the names people expect to go in the first round. So there'll be some surprises, some shocks. It's what happens every year. I don't think this whole situation is going to change what we believe to happen that much. I just think that people are usually pretty wrong about this stuff. And the first few picks are usually right. And then some weird shit happens. And that's what's going to happen again this year. I think there's a possibility that it's more like I, I disagree with James here, Elliot. I think something like uh, I don't know Mims being the third wide receiver off the board, and we're not expecting that, or Jalen Rager being the third wide receiver off but the that's board. That's not that crazy. Yes, that it is. Every, that happens every year, Bartard. And I agree. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think one of those two guys will be the third receiver off the board. But like. Stuff happens every year. These mocks are never right. Like, I don't know why people are making such a big deal about it. So here's what I would say. As the draft gets closer, I do think one thing that, and, you know, we're we're in Philadelphia, right? We talk about the Eagles every day. So I think maybe locally we've hyped up as to where these receivers are going to go. Because when you look at the big board and you take, you know, laser focus off the receiver, the receivers, like there are four offensive tackles that are considered very good. They will probably all go out, maybe not all of them, but at least three of them will go before any receiver is taken. In my opinion, and there's a possibility all four of them go. There could be three quarterbacks taken before the receiver goes. So that's seven picks right there. Then you have, um, 
two cornerbacks that could go. That's nine. Uh, you know, Javon Kin- Kinlaw to South Carolina, depending on his medicals, he could potentially be one. So when you look at, like, who, what players are, A, potentially considered better prospects, and B, play more important positions, I do wonder if these mock drafts that have Henry Ruggs at 21 – if maybe because we're all so laser focused on the Eagles needing him that we're like, well, there's no way he's going to make it. But Henry Ruggs is, you know, slightly undersized. He, I do wonder if John Ross, like him running a, 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 a super fast 40 and then not being great, if that maybe takes the shine off of Ruggs a little bit in the, in the eyes of the scouting community. And I think that, you know, if you would ask me three weeks ago, I would say there's no shot Ruggs is there at 21. Now, I think there's like, I don't know, 25, 30% chance because if we think Judy and Lamb go before him, that's two. Um, I don't think the idea of Mims going before him is as crazy as I used to. That's three. And maybe Justin Jefferson. I mean, there was a report today or at least a, a, an anonymous scout saying he's like, Justin Jefferson's the best receiver he's ever scouted in 30 years of doing, of doing this. So like, I think that the receiver, how people view them is much more jumbled than we all thought. And I think there there is a, a chance that Ruggs falls to the Eagles at twenty one. Oh man, I mean, it, it we'll go crazy if that happens because that's what we've been waiting for for a very long time. And I wonder this too, James. Does that make you nervous if Henry Ruggs is available at twenty one with no trade up, with no anything, and the Eagles are sitting right there? Would that concern you if he's you know still hanging around there at all? No, not I'd at be all. Very happy to take. No, I, look. How many years is the best guy drafted not taken in the first half of the first round or not taken in the first round at all or whatever? I mean, people get things wrong. Like, all you could do is look at the guys, decide who you think is the best fit for your team, who's the best players, and hope that you get those guys. To me, Henry Ruggs looks like one of the best players and looks like one of the best fits for the Eagles. I'm going to be ecstatic if the Eagles get him at 21, and I'm not going to worry about why no one took him before that. Here's what I would say, though. Like, when and I know the Sidney Jones situation is different because of the injury, but he was a guy that the Eagles took in the second round. And everybody was like, "Well, he's really kind of a top ten pick if you look at it." Andre Dillard last year fell to the Eagles, and everyone's like, oh, "I can't believe he fell." I think all of us would sit here and say, "You know, we're probably not as enthusiastic about Dillard as we were last year." I think that's definitely a fair assessment. The Eagles themselves seems to not be to not be like that. So what I would say is, if Ruggs falls to twenty one and like Mims goes before him, if Judy Lamb. Uh, you know, maybe even Jefferson. Like, if you do see Ruggs as the fourth or fifth receiver off the board, I'm not saying that doesn't mean he can be the best. Because, like James said, every year you see, you know, potentially the best players taken in, you know, the 30th pick or something like that. But, you know, if he falls, it's it's for a reason. Like, it's not like he's, you know, slated as in concrete as the fourth best prospect in the draft. And if the Eagles get him at 21, that's a steal. Like, if he falls, it's because 20 teams passed on him. So. You know, I, I don't know. As it as it gets closer, I do think like if if they if Rugs falls and they get him at twenty one, I would also be excited. Like I think he's what they need, but it does to me. It would it would you know take the shine off a little bit to be honest. Really, but again, like you just said yourself, like so many times, DeAndre Hopkins went twenty seventh in the first round. I mean, what does it matter? You well, know, I, I just think I don't. Well, I think the the idea of like all, all this pre-draft process and like where guys are ranked and where they might go, like it's all made up, right? It's all so, arbitrary, exactly. Yeah, but, but that's my point. So if Henry Ruggs is drafted at 21, it's because he was the 21st and his value was viewed, right? As like the 21st player in the draft. So, But why I, would that change your opinion of him? It would change my opinion because if I think he's the best receiver and everyone says he's going to go like, 
10th or 11th and he goes 20th. I don't know. That valuation based on your own eyes, on your own beliefs, right? Like that's the whole point. Yeah. But my point is not so much about Henry Ruggs. My point is more just like when guys fall in theory, there's a reason for that is my ultimate point. Like it doesn't mean Henry Ruggs can't be the best receiver. I still think honestly, Henry Ruggs could not be the best receiver in this draft but he fits the Eagles so perfectly. Like it doesn't even matter that what he does is what they exactly need. Like I think lamb is better, but if you told me they got rugs, like I still think he's an impact type player, but my point is more so that the the guys falling and rising and getting somebody in the third, that was actually like a first round pick. Like that's all kind of made up, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Maybe not making well, yeah, we're making it. I get what you're saying. And I, I agree with that. I think that again, ultimately, like I don't really care if a guy falls if he's a good player, and if I think he's a good player, you know what I mean. So yeah, right. we agree essentially. And the, uh, Elliot, uh, real quick uh, to the student, this is something I've I've thought about. Even with, let's say Rugs, uh, yeah, does end up falling, and and I think it's just it feels like the consensus that Justin Jefferson is uh, Justin Jefferson is going to go third off the board. That's becoming a very popular trend in really? Russia. Wow. Uh, as of late, and with guys that you trust, some of them uh, you don't, but it's interesting, and they always kind of ends up with the Broncos and a lot of the latest mocks that I've been seeing here. But I do wonder, I know that they've been linked to pretty much every corner and edge rusher that you can think of in this draft when we're talking about a division rival in the Cowboys. Do you think if Henry Ruggs is there in range at 17, the Cowboys and Jerry just cannot help themselves, and they end up pulling the trigger there, and that's a little bit of a surprise, at least that way, because I have an inkling that if Henry Ruggs is available or in range of the Cowboys, that they won't, they're not going to step aside from having a chance to take him. Would you, you, you kind of feel that way too? You don't think there's a, well, a, a smaller chance than that? The only reason, so I obviously, if I'm Dallas, it'd be an extremely uh, intriguing option. I mean, you pair him with Amari Cooper, Dak, Ezekiel Elliott, like that's Michael a, Gallup. Yeah, Michael yeah. Gallup. Like that's an extremely formidable. It's the four horsemen, right? Yeah. So, and I would also say, like, Henry Ruggs in a dome to me just – it adds to his danger. Just yeah. It just does to me for some reason. But um, I just think when you look at their secondary, they have so many needs that at, at where they pick – and it's it's 18, you said, right? I think uh, they're 18. 17, 17. 17, I okay. they were 19, wow. Okay, well, wherever they pick that 17, 18, 19 range, like – Xavier McKinney will be on the board. Grant Delpit will be on the board. I think there's a chance CJ Henderson's on the board. So I think there's three or four guys that you could look at there and say they it fills more of a need for them than receiver. Now, they could just say, look, we didn't think Henry Ruggs would be here. And I really think 15 is the key spot in this draft. Like, it, whoever's there past 15, that's when you really start to look at, okay, can the Eagles go up and get these guys? And I also think 11, where, where the Jets pick, is like the earliest you'll probably see one of the receivers yeah. go. So 11 to 15 is a real key range, and it's an interesting range, too, because the guys, the teams in there, like the Niners, the Raiders, I think they both have two first-round picks. Um, and then the Dolphins also pick before the Eagles. They have two first-round picks. The Jaguars now, they cut Marquise Lee, not that – that's going to super impact their draft strategy. But interesting that they cut a receiver and they pick one pick before the Eagles. So there are a lot of teams, and including the Cowboys, that are before the Eagles that, you know, that they're potential receiver spots. Uh, which uh, is a interesting thing that you brought up with, uh, or not interesting, but just something that is happening with the 49ers. And, and like we uh, had said uh, at the uh, top of the show, they're just, 
you know, obviously San Francisco's looking to maneuver from just two first-round picks to try and get in the second and third rounds there. So this is our first would-you-rather here, James Seltzer. Would you rather have uh, those uh, lovely Philadelphia Eagles of ours try and trade up to 13 with the 49ers, or do you think it would be better to try and get back in to the first round after they've made their selection at 21? Jump in at 31 or jump in at 13? Which would you rather them try and do? I mean, it's all dependent. I mean, it's really impossible to answer that question. I mean, you don't know who's available at 21. You don't know who's available at 31. You don't know who they're going for at 13. You, so. Let's say you can get CeeDee Lamb at, uh, at have, 13. Have a take here, James. Have a right. take. Like, go, go <laughs> I mean, what, what, what's a take? I'll make it a little like, easier for you. CeeDee Lamb is available. And again, I also, uh, even more important, like, I don't know what I'm giving up to move to 13 versus what I'm moving up to get back into the first round. So, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, it's, it really is all dependent. I, I mean... So here's what here's what I would say that I think that look I'm all in on CD Lamb like I think CD Lamb is gonna be the next DeAndre Hopkins like Julio Jones type player I think he's gonna be phenomenal at the next level but I'm also super high on T Higgins and KJ Hamler which I know other other people are not so there is an intriguing part to me of if I'm at 21 and I can take T Higgins there and then you know give up maybe 53 and a third or 53 or you know something like that. 53 in my two fourths and I get 31 and I can take a receiver at 21 and 31. That would be 50. You're, that's not going to be enough to get up there. 51 and two fourths to get to the first round. It's not, no way. it's not that far off. I did the math today on the draft board and it was, Oh, it was, it was 53 your third and two fourths. So, yeah, that sounds more. Yeah, you throw a third in there. It's yeah, a very okay. Different. Okay, well, the Eagles' third pick, third round pick, is not a great pick. It's like right, you're still giving up a lot of a lot of picks. Yeah, point. you're giving up. Yeah, correct. You're using four. You're picks basically, on, not picking again until the fifth round. Yeah, you're using four picks on one player. So, yeah. I mean, but if I can, like, would would I rather pick at 21, 53, 103, 145, and 146, or pick at 21 and 31? Like, I would rather do that now. Just because I, I think, like, I'm a big proponent going into this draft of taking as many swings as possible at the receiver position. Like, I, I've decided today, I don't even want him to draft a backup quarterback. I don't really care about a running back. Yeah. Like, j just take as many receivers as you can in this draft. Because but that contradicts your point. Like, if you want as many swings at wide receivers in this draft in a super deep wide receiver right. draft, then shouldn't you just take a third, fourth? You should be taking wide receivers in those picks, right? Yeah, it does completely contradict. <laughs> But I guess my my counter to my own contradiction. <laughs> well, did you see James? The beautiful thing is we didn't need to have the uh, either side argument because Ellie just took care of everything, so that's fine. Well, but I guess yeah. my counter would be you get a higher swing, like you right. pick. Right. 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 But no, you're right. It does contradict my point. <laughs> I I it, it made sense when I was saying it. <laughs> uh, to me, I mean, I, I would do that deal, Elliot. I think it would like a third two fourths. Uh, and then you, you end up with, with, with what at the end of the day? With and you're the, second, you're giving up, you're giving up 53, yeah. 103, 145, 146, and you're drafting 31st. Uh, you, oh, to get to 31. Gotcha. You're keeping okay. 21 though. You're keeping 21. So you end up with two first round picks. 21, 31. And then we'll see you uh day three is and what then you're, you're saying. In, yeah. You, then you're in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, I, I'll pull I, up the chart again, but I'm I, I, sure. I guess so. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I struggle with that at at 31. I think they're going to have to jump up at 
some point. So if that's, you know, what ends up happening to go get Mims and then who would who would you think they would take at 21 if they're jumping back in? Or do you think they're sticking offense or are they going defense with their first pick if they're jumping back in there, Elliot, in, in your I, mind? I would be I'd be very surprised if if they jump. I would be pretty surprised if they gave up all those picks to get two first round picks. But if they did it, I think it's for a receiver. Yeah, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Like if, if they go back to 31, I think they will have selected a like I think they will have selected a player at, at 21 then. I would yeah. be surprised. Yeah. But it's so tough. Like when when I sit and I look at the draft boards and I look at um just like where the prospects are slated to go and where the Eagles picks are, like I like the Darius Slay trade and I'm happy they did it because I think Darius Slay is really good. But giving up that legit third round pick and you're like legit, I think they gave up a fifth as well. Like it did really impact your ability to move up because your pick in the third round is not a real third round pick. It's like yeah. in the middle of the compensatory picks. And then your two fourth picks, fourth round picks that you have, you have your original fourth, but those aren't really that valuable either. So it's just tough. Like it's really tough to see that if they don't take a receiver at 21, things can get really dicey with 53 because then you're talking about like, I don't think CD lamb's going to be there at 53. I know a lot. Of, I'm not sorry. Not CD. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah, like, I, like, I don't think so either. Man. T Higgins, T Higgins. I don't think yeah. T Higgins is going to be there at 53. More and more people think KJ Hamler will. Maybe I'm just I'm just wrong about him, but I would be surprised if he is there. I don't think Denzel Mims is there. Like maybe you're looking at Chenault out of Colorado at 53. Could maybe be. you're looking. I don't know who you, what receiver you take at 53 if you don't take one from 21 to 30. You know, four-ish range. Like I don't, I don't know who's there at twenty-one. That's exciting at that point. Yeah, I mean, sorry, fifty-three. And, and I guess the more and more in granted, just like James says, we actually have no idea who's going to land at twenty-one. But it's it's probably looking. And I've I've felt like this uh, for the last couple of weeks. The trade back might be uh, might be the move. You know, and and to try to somehow get a real third back would be good you know <laughs> to, and their force aren't good either i mean there's the they're the two com, uh, compensatories at the bottom are not yeah they're uh, the last two picks yeah they're, not they're fifths really they're basically i mean honestly they might be six by the time you actually 146 divided by 32 i'd have to do the math but i mean in terms of actual value they're really yeah. late yeah, that's why. Like, I'm. I, I do think you're gonna have to pretty much entirely throw away your fourth round if you got to move up somewhere. Whether that's you know getting back to 31, whether that's going up to get CD Lamb at 13, or you know just any of of what Elliot just mentioned to try and go grab it. Um, you know, up up between 53 and and whoever wants to trade with you, kind of up there. And I wonder if that's kind of a. Uh, you know, Cincinnati's another another spot where I'm sure that they'd be interested in doing it. Detroit will probably trade back again, and I I, I do want to get into. Uh, well, I have a quick question I want to ask. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. In case you're gonna change the subject, so let's say you're sitting there at 21, and Lamb, Judy, Rugs, and Jefferson are all off the board. Let's just say they're gone, right? Like okay. you weren't able to trade up. There was a run. Things didn't break your way. What receiver are you targeting at that point? Like. I'm not, I'm not saying so much trade back, trade, like, not that. But, like, if you're the Eagles, who are you looking at and saying, okay, like, this is the guy we have to get at this point? Uh, James, you start, man. What What do you think? I'm Top trading back. Yeah. I'm trading back. I'm trading yeah, but, back. like, is there a re- – I guess, I guess my question is – I'm not psyched before. about any of them. I like Mims probably the most of that group. It would probably be Mims, Rieger, Higgins in that order for me, but – I, I'm not super excited to take any of those guys at 21 personally. Uh, same. I, I'm I'm moving back at that point, and I would. 
probably uh, I'd probably plant my flag on Rager at that point. You know, like I just I don't I don't think they're something's wrong. You know, like I, somebody had pointed it out. And I, I promise I uh, will try and credit once uh, my brain actually starts to function a little bit better. But somebody was mentioning that everybody in this particular combine almost failed or tanked the six cone. So there was something weird going on there. I know that everybody kind of reacted to that when Rager came out. Um, I'd be comfortable with that. He kind of fills everything you need. You don't have to really worry about. Uh, trying to go up and get it in a, a wide receiver at that point. So I, I'd be comfortable with Jalen at that so point. My, my concern, though, if I'm at 21 and there's already been four receivers taken, and I think we would all agree at that point there's probably two or three guys. I mean, you, you named three teams, but you sounded pretty not uh, not thrilled about any of them. Like You sound like you like Rager a little bit more, Barchard. But right. if I'm the Eagles and I'm at 21, I'd have to get a really – like I would have to get an overpay to move back because at that point – I understand you don't want to overdraft for need, but if like everyone wants to move back, but that's risky because if you move back to like 28 or 29 or even into the second round, and then all of a sudden a team you didn't expect jumps you and there's a run on receivers and you're sitting there unable to move up. And like, then all of a sudden you're there and you're picking and like Mims and Rager are gone. And I like Higgins, but you're picking out of, you know, Higgins, uh, Brandon, Ayuk, like those type of guys. I really think that if there's a run of receivers and Eagles are sitting there at 21, the idea of trading back sounds good, but I think it's extremely risky. I would almost rather just stay there, make sure you get your guy because you've painted yourself, you know, into a corner. Uh, maybe, but I think the Ravens are a prime candidate again. Uh, just because I, you know, and, and granted, they it could. Receiver. They need receivers, though. Yeah, I know they got Hollywood Brown. But... No, that's no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think you could. Maybe even invoke a you know a trade up from twenty eight and, and it's hang back there and just you know I, I I don't know and grab some really good players by the way you know and then just take your take your shots like you said if you're but I would just say like if you look at the teams behind the Eagles so let's keep with the same assumption that sure. those those four are gone right Minnesota at twenty two I think they could take a receiver easily right? yeah okay uh, Minnesota picks again at twenty five according to this draft board I'm looking at correct that's right. Miami at 26. I mean, if they take a quarterback early, who knows? Seattle, I think, is definitely a potential receiver spot. I don't. Tennessee, really? I don't. I, well, I, I, guess, don't. They just, I, I guess they just got Metcalf, actually. Yeah, they got a whole bunch um, of others. I mean, they've got, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. So I, I've been talked out of that easily. <laughs> um, Baltimore at 28, potentially. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay at 30, I think, definitely. Yep. Um, San Francisco at 31. I mean, they didn't re-sign Emmanuel Sanders. Right, Emmanuel Sanders signed with the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. he's a potential there. So I just think there's a lot of risks in trading back. Like, And again, you don't want to get stuck in a point where you just take like a Marcus Smith because that's the highest guy on your board and you just do it. But they've painted themselves in a corner, and I would be cautious of moving too far back. I don't know. James, I'm with you, man. Like, I'm, I'm not I, – I couldn't be sold on any of the other guys that we mention all the time. That's why I think you just you just take you 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 go back and yeah you're not gonna you might not get your guy but I don't think your guy might might not be there anyway. Like, yeah, I don't think they're all gonna be gone. Like all right. the guys who I have in a very similar group of guys, like they're not all gonna be gone. You don't. They'd all have to take. I mean, depending on how far you move back, like there'd have to be like four or five receivers taken off the board before you go. Yeah, again, but what do you think? I think it's unlikely. What do you think? You're like so like you're sitting. Howie's on the clock. 21 overall pick you're you're waiting right like what offer how far back are you willing to go and what has to be the offer because to me if i'm moving back like 
realistically, we're probably talking about moving back at least five spots. Would we yeah, agree with back, that? Yeah. Back in the first round, sure. Okay. Like, and so what? I get an extra swing. I get an extra pick in the fourth third or something like that. Get a third, move back, and to, again, like I, I have all those guys so equally. Whether it's it's Rieger, whether it's Mims, whether it's Higgins, whether it's Ayuk, like all these guys, I have in a very. I don't see any of them as that much better than the other guys. Like I prefer those first three I mentioned for sure. But in terms of like, I don't like them enough to take them at 21. I'd rather get more assets and get whichever one of them falls. It's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm with that too. I think they've got to find a way to, uh, they got to find a way to do that between 21 and 53, you know, or just keep stacking up in the third round. Like there has to be a place where you're throwing darts at some of these guys uh, for whatever particular reasons. And I'm sure that there's, uh, we all have our favorites especially when you get into day three. There's a lot of gadget guys that are out there. There's a lot of tall, you know, six, four, 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 five guys that are hanging around that everybody likes. There are certain ones, and I don't think this is any different. Like, this is a uh, – this should be a rebuild of the wide receiving core. And the class of – to going and doing all that stuff, like, uh, is there a number that you have to have by any chance, Ellie? Do you want at least two wide receivers out of this class? Do you need three? Like, yeah, is there a set I, place? I need a- I need at least two receivers out of this class. I mean, three would be would be ideal. Um, look, I mean, although I don't think they're great trade assets, they do have three picks in the fourth round, right? They they have that late third. Like, I mean, they have needs, but I just think they need a receiver so big. And defensive end is certainly up there as well. I think 53 is a good spot for a defensive end. But I, I want at least two receivers in this draft, and I would be okay with three. Like, who? I mean, when you look at the receiver position right now, Let's assume they keep five on the roster in week one. DJ's going to be one of them. I think at best Alshon's on the pup, so he's not counting. JJ's going to be one, and I mean, Greg I, Ward. I, yeah, I guess he's a lock. I mean, he's oh, well, Greg he's Ward will make the team most yeah. likely. Most likely, yeah. So, so that's three right there out of your five, which means you have two spots that are wide open. Like, and ideally, you don't really want your you know fifth or sixth round pick being automatic to make it, but. I want a lot of rookies in the camp competing and this way I just I you know I end up I think I get a better chance obviously if I have more of them so Yeah uh I uh I hope that ends up happening and they they end up with three James do you have a number Uh I same same thing I, I think a minimum of two preferably three Okay By yeah. the way I can, I can tell already this is going to be a pod where a lot of people are going to quote me on Twitter or like in the mention or like in the <laughs> Just be like, this made no sense. Like, this was contradictory. I apologize. I have a lot flying through my head right now about the draft. <laughs> it's, it's all I've been thinking about. And also, I'm so conflicted on what they should do that what I think now, like 15 minutes ago, I might not have thought. So <laughs> let's well, all just go on this beautiful roller coaster together. Well, And just uh, just to remind you, I mean, San Francisco could just take a wide receiver at 13 as well. It was the only thing I meant yeah, to say. Oakland, Oakland could take one. I mean, they're, I'm yeah. sorry, Lock, I guess, like. There's there's a lot of teams that could take him early, uh, and uh, which leads us to our first game, James Seltzer. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to first rounder, third rounder, or UDFA. I'm going to give you three items, people, or things, James Seltzer, and you rank them uh, best. Uh, obviously, first round, second thing is third round, and uh, the worst thing that you probably don't like or want to take a chance on is uh, is the UDFA. I'm going to start with something that I. I don't think we all uh, love or like together, but uh, a cake. Uh, and I'm going to give you these three cakes. Please drink them accordingly. Carrot cake, red velvet cake, ice cream cake. Who is your first round, third round in UDFA? The first round pick is red velvet. 
Uh, uh, it's a, a no-brainer for me. I love Red Velvet. It's <laughs> it's phenomenal. The third rounder is clearly ice cream cake. I think oh, that wow. uh, it goes without saying. And and carrot cake is disgusting. I'm not even signing as a UDFA. <laughs> it can sit out on the market. I hope it never gets a job anywhere. <laughs> I hope carrot cake is walking around knocking on doors for the rest of his life. Wow. Man. Seltzer coming in strong on the carrot cake. Elliot Shore Parks, please. <laughs> Carrot cake is like the T. Higgins to me. Like everyone's gonna say it's not that good, but he's gonna be fucking phenomenal at the party when I'm doing it. Like carrot cake is so much better than the other two you just mentioned. Red velvet. I, I feel so much better about my take now. Okay, now that you say come that. out here, like it's like the most like supportive thing you could have said for my. Take. Red velvet <laughs> might be the most overrated thing of my lifetime. Like people get so hype about it. It's just not that. Like it's okay. Like it's fine. Like it's it's not like like whenever there's red red velvet anywhere, like at a party or like you know, it's awesome. Yeah, there's it, a reason. It's for fine. That. It's fine. Like it's not some rare delicacy that people treat it as. So it's just delightful. Unlike so carrot cake, which is like trash in your mouth. Yeah, carrot cake's way better. All right, so carrot cake is my first round pick. Got it. Red velvet's my second. And honestly, if you gave me a piece of ice cream cake for free, I would not eat it. Like I have zero interest. In <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm not. I, I would have probably waited to take it in the fifth if I could have, but the rules of the game said third. Right. So I took it. Uh, well, we have uh, we have mismatching scouting reports, fellas. We're gonna have a lot of yelling in the draft room because I'm gonna put. I'm with L.A. Shore Parks, although. Uh, the people that don't like carrot cake, you just set them up with a softball. E. T. Higgins and carrot cake. They're like, yeah, both are trash. So yep. I'm just gonna get that out both of the way for everybody. Both, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna take carrot cake uh, because carrot cake is <laughs> like the the Brandon Ayuk of this draft, where everybody yeah, just just gross. goes over it. But it's a hell of a playmaker. It's delicious. And and guess what? I'm uh, I'm taking ice cream cake in the third round because I don't ever. What it's ice cream. How can you hate ice cream cake? And, I hate biting into ice cream. And, ugh, and I'm good. I would obviously make it a priority UDFA, maybe even trade up for it in the uh, in the sixth round or something like that. But I'll put velvet, uh, red velvet cake last. So fair. Just uh, let's uh, let's move on to some uh, real people. Elliot Shore Parks. I'm going to give you three. Please rank them for me between Ayuk, Mims, and Rager. Give me your first round, third round in UDFA rankings. Okay, so I agree with James in saying that I think these are all extremely comparable. Like, I wouldn't feel great about taking one of these in the first and the other one being the UDFA. I think Jalen Rager and Brandon Ayuk are, like, the same guy. Like, when I watch them, it's hard to even tell them apart. I think they're so similar. Um, hmm. I'm tempted to take Mims in the first just because I think his upside is higher. But I guess I would go Rager, Ayuk, and Mims and just kind of, at least in the first two for my first two, I'm saying I'm going to get a quick guy that I know can be a burner down the field and be dangerous after the catch. I think Mims is his ceiling is higher, but his floor is way lower. Uh, James Mims Rager Ayuk, where are you going? Yeah, that order, Mims Rager Ayuk. But again, I tell you, it's point to what I said before. Like they're all the same to me. In a, in a, you know, a, a, they're all essentially the same value to me. They're not all the same guy, but they're all the same value to me. If at a certain particular point the Eagles take any one of those three guys and the other two on the board, I'm not going to be upset about it. Like it's yeah. fine. Uh, and I'm with. I'm just yeah, obviously just flipping uh, Jalen there. Uh, stupid, and you shouldn't do it. I don't know, man. Baylor wide receivers freak me out a little bit. 
Yeah, I agree. So I'm just I'm gonna I, yeah I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but that all changes with you know one uh, great skill position player from any college. All right, let's get in uh, to let's get back into the food here for, uh, for a second. We're gonna switch it up. We're still gonna keep with candies and more specifically. Uh, the fruit candies here, James Seltzer. Rank them, please. First round, third round, UDFA, Skittles, Starburst, Sour Patch Kids. Uh, where would you go? Wow. All right. So I, I used to love Skittles, and then I was eating Skittles, and my tooth came out once. <laughs> How old are you? That way, yeah. uh, no, Sorry. this is like within the last three years. Wow. Three years or ever. So I have not, it wasn't my tooth. There was a filling in my tooth just to be, it wasn't like my tooth popped out. Yeah, a filling, a little different. A filling came out. So I've been scarred by Skittles. So this is nothing against Skittles. They're probably the best of the bunch, but I'm literally scarred by them. So see ya. Doesn't fit your squad. UDFA. Uh, first round biggest sour badge, kids. I think that's pretty clear i think we all know that i think anyone who says otherwise is just flat out wrong and i'll take starburst in the third round but here's the thing if it were all the pink starburst i'd take them number one overall wow. in the draft i think they started making those if, yeah well that's fine then that would be yeah. the number one pick but with the others mixed in it's a, it's a third rounder um so, uh, i would say first yeah, of all yeah. all of these are gonna upset my stomach if i eat more than oh like four <laughs> like a child like, yeah, like I'm good. Like I don't need sour star. Like what was the what was the last one? Sour patch kids. Sour patch like, kids yeah. What was the last one? I'll have I'll have maybe one or two of those, and then I'll already feel like sticky, and I eat too much sweet stuff. How so, how, how soft <laughs> is your stomach? I just don't eat a lot of sugar. Like I don't really enjoy candy. That Sorry, much. I'll make one for you. Uh, uh, stomach a little bit. Uh, like. Kale, uh, naked juice, or. Uh, <laughs> well, now Cabbage, yeah, Napa cabbage. There so you go. There's if your I <laughs> If I had to rank them, I would go Starburst, Skittles, and Sour Patch Kids. Man, we are just fighting it. Starburst one, Skittles two for me, Sour Patch number three. Uh, you know, first round, third round, UDFA there. Although, uh -huh. like. I, I'm uh, trading up for Sour Patch Kids again. I think those are uh, well, that's, that's tough because they should be a first round pick. This is outrageous. Yeah, here. I don't. Nah, but I'm no, good. Like, we do I'm well, your your vote doesn't count. You just said you <laughs> like. <laughs> you're like I can't eat any of it. Yeah, actually, everybody else is the third judge on this one. So you tell me how you would rank them since uh, since Elliot's uh, doesn't count. All right, last one, and of course, Elliot, I'm starting with you. First round, third round, UDFA, Roseman, Peterson, Wentz. Oh, okay. Well. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna go Peterson first round. Yep. Wentz third round. Howie UDFA. Wow. Tell me why. Uh, I think Doug's the best of the three at their at his job, and I think obviously a head coach to me is way more important than a general manager. Um, I think Wentz because he's a quarterback, like he's valuable there. Um, you know, he showed some potential, I thought, at the end of last year. <laughs> no, he was he was very good at the end of last year. So um, I think those two are head and shoulders above Howie. And I think replacing Howie would be a lot easier than people think if the Eagles had to do it. So um, that would be my order. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go Wentz first-round pick. Uh, yeah, Peterson third-round pick, and then uh, Roseman UDFA. I guess that's the only thing I'm flopping there. Listen – you can you can't be a, a good general manager or a good head coach without a quarterback, and I'd be uh, uh, you know still if I had to get rid of of Peter, uh, Peterson or Roseman, I'd feel a lot better about my future because he's here, and everybody would yell at me because of the injury prone thing, and I would yell back at it, and uh, yeah, I don't know, it's nothing that we haven't been doing for a very long time here. Uh, Seltzer, where would you go? 
Wentz, Peterson, Roseman. That's the correct order. Lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> Final answers all across the board. Thank you very much for playing. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, it's interesting. It's just interesting you put Wentz ahead of Peterson when Peterson literally won a Super Bowl without Wentz. Just, I know it's all. It's. I'm just saying. Like, I, you I, couldn't hear it. I just had the heaviest of eye rolls. Like it was. Like <laughs> my eyes almost fell out the back of my I'm head. Saying like, look, we can all be high on Wentz, and we can think they're great. They're both like great at their job, but I don't think there's any debate to this point. Peterson has proven he's a better head coach than Wentz as a quarterback. Um, uh, I. F- I mean, I there's, guess. No, there's no debate. There's no. no I'm sorry, like, you, I'm not trying to there sound isn't. like a Wentz hater. Peterson's been one of the best three head coaches in the you're league. Sounding like a Wentz hater. I'm just saying. How, <laughs> how many head coaches done a better job than Doug has? Over I love Doug. I'm a big Doug guy. I defend him to a to a fault. Okay, but so I mean, Carson yeah. Wentz. I mean, it's much harder to find a quarterback than as a coach. All right. I mean, it's, it a, good, is. it's a good question. It's a good question. This is a good. It's a good. <laughs> look, I think. I think. I think it's. Uh, look, let's put it this way. I would trade all my picks and take both Wentz and Peterson in the first round and how he can figure it out. If you really, you know I mean? I'm with you. It's a lot closer between Wentz and Peterson for me than it is for Howie. Yeah, uh, I mean, I could just find another, like, young, smart general manager and throw him up. I mean, you know, I don't think it'd be that difficult to replace Howie, in my wow. opinion. But Just to wait, somebody just uh, that they have right now, you can just throw him on in there? Think they'd be okay? Yeah, I mean, I think Andy Wydell would be just as good. Look, Howie's a great, Howie's a very good general, general manager. Don't get me wrong, but I actually think when you look around the league, like outside of the handful of Gettleman's there are, like I think Howie has kind of set a blueprint on like what you look for in a general manager and how you do things. And I think Lurie is smart enough to hire a great general manager. I think it's way harder to find a guy like Doug with Doug's intangibles. And then when it comes to Carson, I just think I'd rather take a quarterback than a general manager. Right. It's, I think that's a, some some fair points in there somewhere. Uh, and speaking of Dave Gettleman and all that, there's a, uh, there's a couple of things that I, I – but, but before we go, I'm really curious. Well, one, James, do you think Washington at all flirts with taking Tua at, at number two overall? And that's part of the crazy scenarios here, or is it – Chase Young is for I, I don't know. Are you more? They're, ta- they're taking Chase. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't even want. I was just like, that's who do you think out of the Giants or Washington ends up being better after this draft? Chase Young is going to be on Washington. <laughs> okay. Gonna well, be let's say that. I, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. If I had to bet my life on one guy in this draft being a great NFL player, I'd bet on Chase Young being a great NFL player. If I had to literally bet my life, I'd die. If this guy's not a great NFL player, I would put my life on Chase Young. I Could you imagine how tense it would be to watch Washington games <laughs> when your life was on the line? Like, like you, Zoe, and Emily just chilling and being like, dear God, let him get a sack. Like, it's week four, one. Like, yeah, yeah, like, but here's what I would say. We can all agree that Dwayne Haskins is maybe at best, like, so what he showed last year is, like, average. So although yeah. I agree, Chase Young is a way better prospect than Tua, if I'm Washington, I'm taking Tua. Like, oh my. like I need a quarterback. I, take Chase, yeah. I think he's a way better. I think Tua. If it, were, if it were someone, if it were someone who didn't like, look, I think I like Tua, but like, there's real red flags here, and the fact that they can't look at him, the fact they can't check him out, like, this is a a real a real risk. Like taking Tua, like that's the kind of thing that can get a general manager fired. I mean, it is a it is a serious serious risk. And to be fair, I thought Tua was slightly overrated to begin with. I never thought he was like, I know he's a 12 out of 10 on the intangibles and all that crap you hear. Like, man, I don't know. I, I like, I think Tua is overrated to begin with. But regardless of that, put that aside. Forget my own opinion of him aside. 
it, there are some real red flags there with the risk. And when you have a guy like Chase Young, who is a no doubt about it, unless he gets hurt, this dude's going to be a stud edge rusher in the NFL. I feel like you have to take that guy. Uh, the, I, I don't. Compl- I don't completely disagree. I my my point is more so just I think until you find your quarterback, you always have to prioritize. I, I agree with that. I understand that, and I agree with that. I just don't think Tua two is the right move for them. Uh, I I would love it uh, if uh, I mean it, it was it's gonna suck just like. Saquon Barkley and like, oh, don't uh, you know, don't don't take uh, Saquon Barkley is amazing, but do because he's running back and you don't have your quarterback yeah. situation figured out. I think it's the same thing with Washington. And I made fun of the Cardinals so much last year to be like, how? Oh my God! You know, how can you just get rid of Josh Rosen and then move on to this kid that you know nothing about? And it looked like it was the right idea. And who cares who they ended up or might have drafted with Josh Rosen being there? Because whatever, I think it's the same thing. James, I think you're exactly right. I think Chase Young is a has the potential to be a really special player in the NFL to make you know the the next uh, the big JJ Watt. And just like JJ Watt, you know, if if you have anybody in there that is screwing up how to build a team. Uh, it starts at the top, and Elliot, I'm I'm with you there. I it I, I think two is is better than maybe you think, James, and that's because of that. Uh, if he's going to go in the first round anyway, then you need to take him or find a way to, to go back down a couple of uh, of notches and have somebody reach for uh, somebody else. I I think Washington ends up being better out of this, but I still think they have a, a quarterback problem. The same thing with like. The, the Lions trying to pretend like the Giants might be interested in taking a quarterback or whatever. So, I don't know. I think Washington ends up being better in talent, Elliot, but I don't think they end up better in the win total. Um, Washington versus New York, who, who I think ends up with more wins. I think New York well, is going to end up... I think New York's a better team. The question was who comes out of this draft yes. better than they were before. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So to be clear, I Washington. Say Washington. Yeah. I would say Washington just because they have the number two overall pick, and it's as James and David Gettleman is running the yeah. Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although let me let me like plant my flag on a semi hot take here. Okay. Like if get I mean if if Gettleman is right about Daniel Jones, right, and then he goes and let's say he gets a really good offensive tackle at number four, or he doesn't like blow this pick. I mean the the Giants are going to have their franchise quarterback. And I think a running back that I thought taking number two is a mistake, but you can make the argument since he took Saquon at number two, like running backs have increased in value. You look at like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, like team, more and more teams are building their offenses around him. Even Miles Sanders last year. I think like in, in, a, in two years, we could look at Gettleman a lot different than we do now. Uh, I think like there's, there's, a, yeah, there's, some, there's a beginning of it. There's a beginning. Again, look, they're going to have to pay Saquon soon. The point is running backs are valuable yeah. when they're on rookie contracts. After that, they're not valuable anymore. So the point of wasting such a high draft pick when you can get someone who's maybe not quite as good as Saquon, but someone who is maybe just a tiny notch below him later in the draft, that's what you have to do because they're only valuable for that first contract. Then when you have to pay them a lot of money, they're not valuable anymore. No, I get that completely. I'm just saying, like he was, he was mocked pretty hard for the Daniel well, Jones. Well, part thing. of the reason, well, I don't, you don't know. I, mean, that I was, Jones I was good. I'm still year. not sold that Daniel Jones is good, but I agree with your point. Is if Daniel Jones is good, the other thing that made the Saquon pick so horrible was that he refused to trade back. Was yes. that he got offers to trade back and was like, screw this, I'm taking my guy at two. Trading back, stupid. Like that's what made it stupid. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And then to say afterwards he didn't even listen, like it's yeah. just. Yeah, it's incredible. He's so easy to make fun of. But I just think like the bar is set so low that maybe in a year we'll be like, yeah, I mean, look, Daniel Jones is okay. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, well, uh, well, people can quote me on this on Twitter too and make fun of it. 
<laughs> uh, and that is uh, a perfect way to uh, end up wrapping this one up because speaking of okay, um, and you even uh, caught this one, e, and, and ESP, what, were you okay, dude? Uh, that is uh, from uh, one of our latest reviews. You can always do that at the, uh, the uh, Apple Pods, wherever you're listening. Five stars uh, do go a very, very long way, obviously, and we try and get to every single one. Elliot reads every single review, lets us know what's going on. Uh, big fan here. Uh, ESP, and this is from Shane B. One eighteen, a big fan. But what is going on with your wide receiver rankings? I get that people have different opinions, but that list is so far off, I couldn't believe it. Higgins over Judy. Judy is an elite route runner and clearly a top three wide receiver in the class, and I uh, agree with that uh, as well as I, uh, James agrees with that too. You drop Mims to thirteen because of drops, then put Hamler at six, who might have some of the worst drop problems in the entire class. Have you even watched Ayuk? This kid is insanely explosive. Stop posting things just to get clicks, man. That god, that that's a god awful list. Big fan of you, but come on now. Yeah, uh, ESP needs to explain yeah, himself got, here. Yeah, I have a lot. First of all, thank you very much for leaving a review. Leaving reviews on podcasts like truly touched my heart. So I really appreciate people <laughs> that did. Um, here's what I would say. I'll take them one by one. To me, Higgins has a higher ceiling than Judy does. I think Judy. It has a has a higher floor, but to me, Judy is not going to be a number one dominant wide receiver in the NFL. Wow. I just don't see it. I think like, this take. Okay, well, that's my opinion. So that's why I'm putting Higgins ahead of him because I think Higgins has potential to be like a dominant outside receiver. Judy, to me, like when I look at him, he's he's got okay height, but he's not like super tall. He's fast, but I don't think anybody would agree he's like a burner. Like he's he's quick, but no one ever talks to him about like having lightning quick speed. He has good hands. I mean not they're not an issue or anything, but it's not like they're like phenomenal. So when I when I look at Judy, I don't see outside of the route running what his elite skill is. And even Shane B says it, elite route runner. Like I'm going to take a chance on a guy that has an elite physical tool over someone that is a good route runner. That's just my opinion. Now that could prove to be wrong, but and then the reason I have Hamler so far ahead of Mims is because Hamler, again, has elite game-changing speed. And with the ball in his hand, like Hamler, to me, will make four or five plays next year that will change games. Like he has that type of potential. Yeah. I think Mims could be a complete bust. And so although the drops are worse with Hamler, to me, Mims doesn't have that elite physical skill I'm looking for. And he also has drop problems. And Brandon Ayuk okay. already gave my opinion on him. Uh, he looks so the that. same as Jalen Rager. That's so funny to me. Anyway, he does. They look, they're like the same. They, they look like the same player when you watch them. I'm actually surprised that there, are, there isn't a clamor for uh, KJ Hamler. Just, they get annoyed now when we talk about it. So I don't know. I feel the same way. Like it's. There's gonna be and and let me just say this as I'm wrapping up here uh, that my my hottest taker of of the NFL draft is and I mentioned it in the mock I, I don't know why everyone has Chase Claypool at, at tight end I think that's a huge mistake you know I I if he is testing athletically it's the same as anybody that would be in the slot or would be an X receiver or would be a, a a dominant tight end like I get why people want to put him there but. That's Anquan Bolden, man. That's who I would go up and trade up for in the third round, second round, whatever it is, because, you know, you're lower tiered anyway. And it's again, these are all fake thirds. These are all fake force and 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 go and try and do something you want just a, as much as a big body as possible. And especially one that looks and smells and, you know, a body comp to Megatron. He's not going to play like him. He doesn't have the same moves as him. He's, oh, you know, any of that. I, I, I am not over the big body thing at all. Yeah, Carson Wentz still needs that. There's a chance, again, that we don't see Alshon Jeffrey here past the, the next couple of, uh, of of months, and that's still 
replacement to me. Uh, and I'm not going to just sit here and uh, lie to you and say JJ's going to be fine. So I think Chase Claypool is the most underrated wide receiver, as I'll put him in, or however you want to call him in this class. I think he would fit perfectly with the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it depends on where you're putting him. Um, if you're drafting him at the end of the third, yeah, that that's a lot different. I agree with that. I just early on there was talk about him at like 21 or 53 and I would I would not be a fan of them taking him there uh James any of your hottest draft takes any of your predictions that you're thinking of uh on uh well over uh, over the next co- a couple of nights this week nothing super hot I just think uh, my biggest take is just that Justin Jefferson's really good and I don't understand this whole like oh, he only played the slot last year or this or that. People trying to meet him. That dude is a badass. And you know what he does? He's awesome in every big game he plays in. Justin Jefferson is a really, really, really good wide receiver. And if he ends up going to the Eagles at 21, Eagles fans should be happy about that. I- I've just heard a lot of people being, oh, what a disaster it would be if Jefferson's the one there at 21 or, oh, this or that or whatever. I've heard John Ritchie say it. Ritchie said he'd be super disappointed if they end up with Justin Jefferson. I don't get that. I think Justin Jefferson is really fucking good. I think he is closer to the top three than the, the guys behind him are to him. I think he's awesome, and I I just am shocked at how kind of diminished he's been by Eagles fans. That's a uh, it's actually a great take, man, and that's one I will agree with you there. Like I think there is, so I I can I'm I'm not going to be completely crushed if, if it's Jefferson at 21. There'll be uh, a lot of questions, but I'll be happy just for the same reasons that we just said, James. We have so many questions about Rager, Mims, Ayuk, everybody that's you know behind that. We don't know who's actually going to go in front of it. If the Eagles end up with Justin Jefferson out of all of this after everybody was saying, yeah, that's more likely where it's going to go in the early in this process. Um, I, I'd be fine with it uh, as well. So hopefully there will be uh, some good news coming here. I know that we're going to be uh, you know, potting pretty much every day that the draft is going on. We might do on Wednesday. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that more than likely. We'll we'll uh, chalk that up to Sunday and get all the UDFAs and make sure uh, all those ducks are in order because that's another it's going to be another fun race uh, after that as well. Um, James and I have been playing a game for ooh, the last like week or so. I think I'm ahead. I don't think he, James even knows the game started, but uh, I'm I'm a week ahead, so I know I'm feeling good about that. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about for sure. I think I might know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, is that right? Uh, well, and I don't want to I don't want to burst the bubble and but that would the, game. the game is over. No, is it, but then the game would be over. Did you unfollow me on Twitter? Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> now, when did you realize it? Because we said an over-under. I realized it like the day it happened. I saw your tweet, and I just didn't want to burst the bubble. Or, or, I thought you should have came in and be like, boom, still here. I've always got an eye on you, motherfucker, and that should have realized. Which is really funny, too, because I've been making a purposeful attempt to stay off Twitter lately. I know. It's- it's just too much anxiety. Like whenever I go on Twitter, I just read about all these horrible things and it just makes me upset. So I'm like <laughs> less on Twitter these days, but I actually saw that tweet and I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Oh, man. And I forgot about it. And then you brought this up and I was like, I know what he's talking well, about. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you had uh, if you had one, not even 24 hours, uh, you win, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, the day we decided to do that. And I think I did it late purposely or early. I don't remember, but. Uh, James Seltzer still takes, uh, check, or checks Twitter, so there you go, interestingly enough. Uh, but uh, I'm, uh, I've had a lot of fun. Hope you guys have, too. Uh, we will, uh, if we, and by the way, if we don't end up potting on Wednesday, uh, Eagle After Dark will come back, 
We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll cha- uh, chat about the latest draft rumors and Already all the other fun stuff. Me. That was super quick. I You're know. not messing around. Followed right nice. back. Game's over. I lose. That's it. Uh, but uh, we do not lose here. We thank every single one of you listening to the Go Birds Pod right here, Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Please, God, give us multiple wide receivers. Uh, as they used to say in the old country, James. Go!